the beginning of a new year is an opportunity to create new habits <laughs> to be our happiest, healthiest selves. <laughs> Technical foul on Rasheed Wallace. Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Right on the cowboy. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. We love China. We love no playing there. I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin. Welcome back. This is Online NBA Deep podcast if you're new to the show you can tweet at us at on the line underscore pod find us on instagram check out previous episodes on our website on the line podcast.com please rate review subscribe to the show in apple google stitcher spotify or wherever you get podcasts we really appreciate it all right let's do this all right on the line we are back. It is 2020. Ben Craw is back in the United States. Where were you exactly? Uh, I was in Turks and Caicos, oh, the wow. little island in the Caribbean. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it really was. It was very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kate and I took Teo down there, so it was a little, just a little family vacay. Yeah. We actually had a couple other friends of ours um, that had sort of, uh, unbeknownst to us, planned the same trip, so we met up with them. Amazing. Um, which was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it was really nice. It was very warm, restful, uh, very, very sunny. Restful is the wrong word to use oh, no. Um, oh, no. when you're. Uh, if anyone has children, they understand. Like a vacation with a child under the age of, I don't know, yeah, seven, right. uh, five, six, five, maybe. Uh, our son is almost going to be. Uh, he's going to be three at the end of this month. Um, so. I'll say that it was slightly more restful than the previous vacation that we took in April, um, which was, um, yeah, like it's, it's, I can like feel it getting easier and better, which is great. Um, and like that easier just because like you're more prepared for like what it's going to be like or yeah, yeah. that's definitely a big part of it. Your expectations are because the, the one that the, the last trip that we took, We'd gone on like sort of shorter trips with him when he was like very young, like a, like an infant practically, not an infant, but like you know I don't know four or six months old, um, but just sort of for like a few days at a time, and never leaving the country. But last April was the first time we took him out of the country. We went to Mexico, and he was like just past the age of two. Um, so that was like you know it's always like great, and there's moments that are like amazing and super fun and. Um, you know, it's like the reason you take a child or do anything with a child is because it's like you get to experience it through your child's eyes and like that's an incredible feeling. But it's also like you're not, you know, partying and like drinking and like relaxing on the beach and like without like a single care in the world um, because your child could die at any second. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, Parenting sounds awesome, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, but it's really cool. Um, No, no, it was, it was, it was very... Very fun and delight delightful. Um, yeah, definitely uh, slightly still still challenging to get the kid to bed at the time that we would prefer uh, or remain asleep throughout the night. Um, which, when you're staying in like a one bedroom Airbnb, is you know sort of important. Um, but uh, but all in all, you know, we uh, I, I would say we we did it about as as well as we could have possibly uh, hoped. So um, yeah, big success. Nice. 
What about yourself? Did you guys, did you do anything? Yeah, uh, just just, just kind of hung out. I had uh, family in from out of town, so I got to spend a lot of time with nieces and nephews, and uh, what were I should say? My niece and nephew. I saw uh, my cousins and all their little kids. Nice. And uh, yeah, one of my best friends was in from out of town. Got to see his kids. So yeah, just I mean, it's it's ama- it's it's amazing, man. It's exhausting. It's exhausting seeing you know friends and family members your age with like well that's the other thing yeah it's is that we like just i i assume you're referring just like the holidays in general just like being around all all that family so this was also the first time we had done a vacation like immediately after christmas like we went straight from connecticut uh kate's parents house to the airport Mm -hmm. um so we didn't even like stop at home first. We had like packed everything. So we were gone from our house for like 11 days or something like that. Um, which was, uh, you know, it's a, it's a long time. And also the holidays are not relaxing or like, not at all. They're, they're, you know, you're, you're like eating and drinking like way more than you do on like an average, you know, like an average, uh, time period. Uh, you know, you're, you're either you're like, Obviously, if you're blessed to have like a family that you're close with, like that's that's um, incredible, and you should never, you know, complain about that. Um, that being said, I'll I can totally complain about that <laughs> because it's you know it's you're always like managing like yeah. okay who's what bedroom are we staying in like yeah. okay this is like a little you know y- either you're kind of feeling awkward around your in laws or you can it's, sense that your spouse is feeling awkward around her in laws and it's it, it's you know just a lot man like it's also just yeah. like time is so compressed like I can yeah, tell yeah. you in, in my case like it was just like there are a lot of people to see and there aren't enough days or, or hours to do it. And everyone's, mm-hmm, everyone's mm-hmm. important. And in my case, like my family's in New York uh, and I, and I live in Queens. And so like when you're the person that lives locally, there's the expectation that you're going to be there and see everyone, especially of if course. people coming in from out of town. Oh yeah. Yeah. If anyone is visiting, you're, you're completely obligated. Yeah. And then if there's God forbid, you know, if you're lucky enough to have people, who decide to visit at the last minute, then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is even a crazier wrinkle now, you know? Right. So, um, and then your fan, and then your family feels like neglected. Like there's always like jilted this, per- you know, it's just like, you, you, you really can't please everyone. And uh, no, no, you just, you try to take care of yourself as best as possible. But um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a, a constant battle of like management and, and like, yeah, like, I don't know, logistical negotiations. And yeah, like, yeah, and it sounds, like, obnoxious to even say something like, like this, but, like, almost, like, self-care, or like, just, like, trying to, like, yeah. take care of yourself a little bit, which I feel like would be the natural segue point for us to talk about the NBA and the NBA uh, and the yes. holidays. But, yes. like, I, I do feel um, kind of, like, I don't know, like, a little responsibility or something. There There is the elephant in the room that we're recording this on a Friday, like, we may or may not be heading into a war <laughs> with uh, the. Country. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna refer to uh, to the passing of, of NBA Commissioner David, David Stern, Stern. But yeah, no, no even even we'll, even more we'll, um, we'll more morbidly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just like uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, it's like I said, it's Friday when we're recording this. This will come out on Monday morning, and uh, you know, like we. We, well, let's let's hope it does. Let's hope that yeah. the the podcast platform still exists, exists. Uh, on on <laughs> yeah. Monday morning. If iTunes is still up, yeah, yeah. just like we we bombed uh, an airport in Baghdad last night and took out this uh, prominent. 
Iranian military leader and, um, you know, who knows what happens next. But it it was just interesting because like we were on a a group text thread that you have, you and I have with a a few friends and there were some like basketball messages and I was getting messages from other people watching games and the whole thing was just so surreal. Like truly all I wanted to do last night was just try, I, I had a meeting with my theater company late last night and I got home probably around like 10 o'clock and uh, I really just wanted to like allow my mind to just be like jello and put on a game, you know? Yeah. And uh, of course, as I was doing that, I saw someone, you know, tweet something like, Hey, we just bombed, (laughs) we just bombed uh, this airport in Baghdad. And it's just a strange time, man. Like it's very, it's, it's a, it's a strange time to be a fan of the NBA. Uh, or anything really when something so grave and serious is happening. And it's, it's one of these bizarre things like the NBA or any sort of hobby that you have becomes this like weird form of escapism. You know what I mean? hundred percent. like really weird, serious um, times with, with, you know, with, with geopolitics and all this. So, yeah, it's, um, it's something like, you know, you just become more and more cognizant of like as you age, I think yeah. that, I like every time I like, you know, turn on a game or open my fantasy basketball app or talk to you and record it for a basketball podcast or any like look at Twitter, um, uh, which I basically only do now to follow basketball because for a long time I was addicted to politics Twitter, um, which is like literally one of the driving forces that um, compelled me to like devote more attention and time to fantasy basketball because I realized that politics Twitter was like just extremely unhealthy um, for me to consume. So um, I'm, I'm like keenly aware every single time I'm interacting with uh, like basketball or the NBA on any level that like it is pure escapism from reality. It is, it is like like that. I mean, obviously there's like the sort of, aesthetic pleasure of like watching the game um or like looking at stats but like i i'm like fully aware that like that's maybe like 40 percent of it and like 60 percent of it is i don't know maybe maybe that's unfair maybe it's like 50 50 maybe it goes back and forth whatever but like a large significant portion of that is like so i don't have to think about anything else so i don't have to read the news so i don't have to uh you know like grapple with like the fucking future of the planet yeah. or my family or yeah. my you know like um, it's just a very slippery slope man like it's, yeah. a, it's a very slippery slope into the dark side i feel yeah yeah like, like and in, you, in, in in 2020 here we are like it is it is scary times you know like, yeah you literally pick the pick the issue of the day and it, it, it is pretty grave um yeah so. yeah and so, everyone has you know like i i was just kind of like uh justify it to myself that like there's lot there's lots of, of things that people do mm, yeah. um to to cope and to escape uh yeah. to escape and some of those are very are you know extremely unhealthy and and destructive and some of those are like watching basketball yeah. so it's pretty hard um yeah yeah i'm gonna tell, <laughs> tell myself that that it's that it's okay to continue no um, it's it's very but, good to continue it's like literally a vital coping <sighs> mechanism as far as i'm concerned like this is like how i'm getting through i mean all, i will say that it's it seems like a very positive and healthy coping me- mechanism, but it, there's also like I can't I can't uh, turn off the part of my brain that's like, well, if you're doing this, you're not like outside organizing or like you know sure. uh, like writing a an eloquent, powerful th- or no, like something that will uh, you know actually like matter or like 
contribute to any sort of like positive change in the yeah. world. Like we're we're completely like uh, sitting this one out. Like by by consuming basketball and NBA to the amount that we do, yeah. like we are full on fucking bystanders uh, in the course of history. But you know what, like. I don't know. Like I, do I think we have to kind of like almost pick our battles, like because there yeah. there are just so many battles at this point to fight that, like, yeah. I mean, I I do think it's important to be involved and aware and informed with like what's going on in the world and to, right like, and try not to like, contribute at least at least don't contribute to the yes. hell and the destruction yes. Uh, yes. actively and if possible, like, like actually try to make a meaningful difference. If there's a cause that you can get behind that's really important to you, volunteer yeah. for that. Whatever it is, Organize. donate to a fucking political campaign. Donate e- even to like, cause. yeah. Sure. Honestly, I had like a really uh, like sort of passionate conversation with my family um, about the presidential campaign over Christmas break, and it yeah. was like. And but like in in a way that felt like kind of constructive and like healthy and like I yeah. was like oh that was good I'm glad I did like I have uh, a family member who is um, like me very sort of progressive and liberally minded but like isn't really quite on the uh, um, you know as, as sort of as far uh, to one side I guess as gotcha. I am yeah. and I and I was like having a, a really like kind of uh, like thoughtful nuanced like long conversation with him because yeah. I'm like this is someone who I feel like I could convince who could then convince other I don't know whatever yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that totally, obviously totally. it's just a dumb but it's like um, I don't know yeah stuff like that being aware being tr- trying to at least like yeah, know what's going alive. on <laughs> like yeah like, stay in the game a little bit yeah yeah, yeah yeah and I would say like honestly for me like following the NBA is something that um, keeps me like get, keeps like some fuel in the tank for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, like mm-hmm. it kind of like keeps me at bay, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. you know, like maybe like staying on top of my fantasy basketball team gives me some like emotional stability. That <laughs> yeah, when it's time to go volunteer for whoever's campaign. Like, then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. I don't know. I I just think it's like I said, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Like you can really get beaten down with some of this stuff. But yeah, exactly. Or even if I don't volunteer. Here, I'm not gonna like have an emotional breakdown totally. and like I don't know hurt somebody or yeah. whatever. Um, well, you know, the NBA it's great for <laughs> it's great for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, um, yeah. some stuff has happened in the league, and I thought uh, we should talk about it. Yeah, and, I've obviously um, been I've been away, but I've not been entirely offline. Yeah. Um, I've tried to kind of turn turn the basketball off a little bit while yeah sitting in the uh, you know the beautiful oasis of uh, of. Turks and Caicos sure. uh, shorelines, but um, couple, but obviously I mean, a couple major you know. things happen. I mean, probably the biggest one just is uh, David Stern. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I know neither of us, you know, we've both been kind of swept up in different things. But what was just like your gut reaction to hearing that Stern had passed away from a brain hemorrhage? My my gut reaction, right? So sorry, I kind of stepped on your the, the end of your sentence yeah, there, yeah, but yeah, he so he died of a, a brain hemorrhage, um, which was reported a couple weeks ago, um, and then he was obviously just in the hospital, and, you know, it was the type of thing that people who know any sort of, um, uh, anything, I guess, you know, about prognosis and medicine and stuff were, it was pretty clear what the, what the outcome was going to be, yeah. um, but, you know, the guy hung on for, for a few weeks there, and then it was announced, um, what, I guess, two, was it two days ago, uh, three days ago, I forget the exact day, but anyway, yeah, so he, um, he died, and um, yeah, my initial reaction was like a s- sort of sadder than I expected. expected. Yeah. Um, 
uh, you know, when the news first broke, I was like, oh, man, that's, um, you know, that's su- that sucks. He's 77 years old, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, but he was just one of those guys that was always in our lives. Like, he was like, and and he was a very, you know, whatever, we can get into, like, kind of uh, what he did and, mm-hmm. and what he represented and whether we thought he was a, quote, unquote, good man or a bad man. Um but um, but if nothing else, like he was like just present. He was like that that guy who was like he was so. Um, he was like a part of our childhood. I mean, like that's yeah. a very strange thing to say. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like a little ridiculous. But in the same way that I don't know, like Vince McMahon was part of our childhood too. Like, yeah, David Stern was like a part of our childhood. He was like the guy yeah. in the suit at the draft that made the decisions. He suspended all the Knicks during the playoff series. <laughs> you know, you yep. know what I mean. Like he was like a prominent yeah. figure in our life for like better and worse yeah and, and he was is, so it is like a nostalgic was, kind of thing to just be like yeah i guess yeah when you get older like your health usually compromises at some point and then you pass away and it's right it's sad and yeah. and i think because of his uh sort of unique personality um you know it was like sort of a shock that like you i would have imagined him he would you know live until like 98 years old um or you know, or or like yeah. he was just like that kind of like a stubborn old fuck. Like you wouldn't, you just didn't. It was like yeah. a shock to be like, wow, like that. Um, like I don't know. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, you know, I think we both probably have our own like um, sort of criticisms of the guy, right. um, which we can get into if you feel like sure. or not. But uh, but uh, shit, what was my train of thought? Uh, but oh yeah, but the fact that like he was such a um, such a presence and like uh, and I think sort of uniquely among sports commissioners, he was like everywhere. Like he was constantly giving interviews. He was always on TV, and he was like a really funny, charming, affable, like you know, brutal, uh, fucking ruthless um, prick. But like the type of guy that when you saw him on TV, you were like, oh, it's David Stern. Like I want to see what he has to say. Like I want to see how he fights back against this reporter. I want to see, you know, how he um, defends himself against this thing or that thing. Or, like, he was just such a uh, sort of a, um, a like, kind of confident and, uh, and like, um, I don't know, just, like, like very in like a really like sort of fun like like movie villain kind of way. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but he was like a, he was like a affable gangster. You know, mm-hmm. I mean? like, like he was just kind of like a lovable, affable gangster. He was absolutely like the the movie character, the movie villain, who's like a little five foot uh, tall Jewish man yeah. who you're like, oh, I could like, if I like punched him hard in the face, I could probably kill him. Um, but yet you would like never dare because he would like he murder your him, entire yeah. family and everyone you knew before you ever even like took yeah. a step like uh, towards him. Um, he had a way of like and, twisting like, he was, the knife. Like that's, oh, that's yeah. the thing about David Stern. He was just like, he really knew how to twist the knife. Like his, his like power and his like... Um, uh, his sort of stranglehold on like on the league was um was just so impressive like even if you were like ah oh, this guy's like sucks and he sucked more and more i would say as he aged um you know and also maybe just sort of as we aged and became more aware of like kind of the things that he was doing and responsible for right um but but obviously like you know the guy uh loved basketball um he you know from everything well the other thing is that uh 
I have to tell you, you know, uh, if we're talking about David Stern, I have to uh, recount my own personal David Stern story about oh. the time I talked to him. No, I never met the man, but uh, I feel like it's uh, I forgot. A, a, I forgot you had some story about this. Yeah, tell it. No, no, no. I'm actually joking. I, oh, I've wait. never met. No. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no. I never met him. I'm just joking how... Every every fucking reporter uh, or anyone even like tangentially like involved with the league has to be like, well, David Stern died, so this, let me tell you my David Stern story. Me of the time the draft when David yeah. Stern, yeah, yeah, and he was actually like so much friendlier than I ever would have expected. He didn't like rip my balls out in right. front of my wife and child. Um, even though he but, was a curmudgeon, uh, he had a heart of gold. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, the guy was like a completely ruthless prick, but he seemed like he was you know sort of like loved uh his job and loved um the people you know like the kind of whatever he 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 loved the sport and he clearly wanted to like like nothing more to grow it and for it to thrive um and of course that usually was sort of like kind of coincided with like his uh you know insatiable drive to make money and enrich people who were already billionaires and like at the expense of um you know, players and uh, fans and all sorts of other, you know, things. But, um, you know, what I'm saying is that he was a uh, a bloodthirsty capitalist, but, you know, hey, it he's not, resulted... He's in, not the first, won't be the last, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it resulted in, in uh, huge growth of the game, and I think yeah. that's, a like, a net positive. Um, yeah, it's you know, one of those things... I mean, I, I think we've talked a lot about it, maybe in a roundabout way on the podcast over the last year, like, the kind of, like, capitalism in the league, and, like, has it been good, has it been bad? Like, it's almost neither good nor bad at this point. Like, we we can debate the merits of it right. at this point it's happened and all we can kind of do is like talk about the effects and mm-hmm. like you know like for instance the nba's presence in china we can mm-hmm. largely trace to david stern and oh yeah like the things for that sure he did with the league and um everything that has been positive and everything that has been negative about that we can't directly trace to stern but like this is the guy that like kind of got that ball rolling in terms of the international presence of the NBA. Right. And it's all, it's all like attached. It's all connected. So if you, you know, if you love basketball, if you love your league pass and you, you know, you think Luka Doncic is awesome and you think Giannis is awesome and you think that, uh, it's cool that the NBA is able to like, uh, you know, play all these games in these like incredible arenas and, uh, you know, you can buy all your jerseys wherever you want. Like yeah. it's, but you, you know, then you can't also say like, oh, but it sucks that David Stern was like a bad man and right. uh, was a greedy capitalist because I mean, I, I would say like a large, you know, like uh, much of the NBA as we know it today in terms of like the league's identity, you know, like we're talking about NBA league pass and like stars like Doncic and being able to root and be a fan of players and teams, even though you might live like miles away in a different city, whatever it is, we can trace to Stern and, you know, like, like one of the big things I I was reading that he is responsible for is like the way he like transformed the all-star game, right. And all-star weekend. And one of the things that Stern is really credited with is like, he created a league. He really wanted to create a league. You know, I mentioned Vince McMahon before in the WWF. Like, he really wanted to create a league of, like, stars and talent, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like marquee talents. Like you know, Yeah, he, an, enter- an entertainment product. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to create a league full of, like, movie stars and celebrities, yeah. or in the case of the WWF, like, heroes and villains. You know, like, yeah. like Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal and Patrick Ewing, like, 
these were the best things that ever happened to David Stern and like him promoting them in the way that he did, like is, you know, we can really trace where the league is today um, back to Stern's like work in the, you know, late eighties, early nineties, mid nineties with, you know, branding the league, you know, like yeah, marketing it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, of one like, of the had to do with the all-star game, the all-star weekend, you know, like the slam dunk contest, the three point mm-hmm. shootout, the rookie sophomore challenge. Right. Let's take out these individual players and right. give them like a new stage, a new platform for them to show off Let's individually the fans, excite the fans, get corporate mm-hmm. sponsors involved. Um, and it was a huge success. And like, we can really draw a line between today's NBA and like Stern's, rise you know to prominence when he became the commissioner in 84 and uh yeah commissioner from 84 to 2014 yeah 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 he was a dick but uh he was our dick you know um and uh, also as knicks fans we owe him you know we have a complicated relationship with the guy but we owe him a debt (laughs) of gratitude obviously you know yeah you know what for for, for rigging for rigging the 85 draft (laughs) i will always i will always love him Uh, thank you thank you for bringing our captain to our city thank you david for Um, giving us what we owe and we should note david david stern um born and raised in where was it in manhattan was a huge Knicks. yeah new yorker yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. so he was a huge knicks fan um and was sometimes very critical of the knicks uh and, you know, probably rightfully so in terms of uh, Dolan and the management team at the Garden, but uh, born and raised a Knicks fan. Um, so he, he delivered us Ewing, and then, of course, he also took Ewing away from us in, uh, <laughs> in the 97 playoffs. Yeah, the Knicks won, yeah. what was it, 57 games that year. They were up 3-1 against the Heat. Mm-hmm. And of course, Larry Johnson, Allen Houston, John Starks. Breaks out beneath the basket. Beneath the basket, Ewing, Houston, Larry Johnson, Starks, Charlie Ward, all suspended. Of course, Miami was uh, only lost P.J. Brown, who was suspended for one game. The Knicks were winning the series three games to one. The rest is history. They wound up losing game six and seven. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Um, You know, we went. Yeah, that sucked. Although he did at least do the exact same thing to the uh, Phoenix Suns. uh, That's right. uh, What was that, 04? Yeah something like that uh yeah when when steve nash got uh got got like mauled or whatever and then like yeah stoudemire yeah um also the yeah the the rigging of the of the of the 85 lottery um reminds me of one of my favorite all-time david stern moments was i don't do you remember this when he went on the uh the jim rome show no and rome like challenged him i'm gonna send you i'm gonna have to send you the audio this is actually something that i was reminded of by the uh the in this league uh podcast it's like a fantasy basketball pod. i don't know if you've ever listened to that but i gotta give a shout out to uh to bogman and the welsh uh of in this league for actually um reminding me of this of this uh gem of a moment but stern was on uh jim rome's i think either radio or i think it was a tv show um, and Rome was challenging him about, he was like, I have to ask you uh, about the uh, the 85 draft. Is there any truth to the rumors? Blah, blah, blah. People want to know. And Stern was like, you know, I have two answers for that. I'll, I'll give you the easy one. No. And a statement. Shame on you for asking. And Rome was like, oh, well, that's not really fair. Like, blah, 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 blah. And like, try to like push back. And he's like, they're, they're insane, unfounded rumors. And then Stern goes, have you stopped beating your wife yet? Yeah, I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's fair. David Stern was like, you know, whatever, went on to Holy explain shit. explain why it was, uh, you know, sort of the same thing that he was doing to him. Because, you know, if you float unfounded rumors out there, blah, 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 then like, um, 
but the fact that he just like hit him with that uh and like and for a split second as a viewer you're like wait has does jim rome beat his wife uh like you know like which i don't actually i should probably look up whether or not jim rome ever beat his wife i don't think i think stern was just saying that to make his point but the fact that like (laughs) he like i mean that was that was the kind of guy that stern was he was just like he was incredibly like ruthless uh, unforgiving um never backed down in a way that was like awful and sort of terrible but like that you sort of rooted for in a weird way. Yeah. Like even when he was doing the terrible like dress code shit and like all the stuff that he was uh, doing <sighs> in like the the early 2000s. I mean, there's like a lot of things there's that were like stuff, extremely uh, problematic right. and troubling. Yeah. But like throughout it all, I was kind of like, if he got on TV and defended it, you'd be like, oh yeah, I kind of see his point. I don't know, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> even listen. though in your heart you knew he was wrong. Yeah, he was definitely wrong, but like... Eh. Yeah, I mean, should we talk about the dress code? Let's just talk about talk about the dress code. Yeah. So I mean, Stern had a dress code that he mandated um, that stated that all players had to dress in business and conservative attire while basically arriving and departing during scheduled games. And mm-hmm. if they were on the bench, if they were on the bench and they were injured, that meant they have to be in like a collared shirt and a jacket. Um, if they were conducting official any any sort of official NBA business, so press interviews, charity events, whatever it is. Um, and you know, like, let's, let's be real. This is about Allen Iverson. This is about, Oh, it's like, completely, com- completely response to Allen Iverson. Yeah. It's about yeah. like the, the hip hopization of the players NBA, wearing do rags, players wearing chains, tattoos, chains. It was in so many words, it was the whitewashing of the corporate NBA image. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think there's no other way uh, around it, like, describing it as that. And, you know... Oh, it was, yeah, it was extremely racist policy targeting was, black players. Yeah, um, it, it, it was racist. Um, and, but I I think also, like, you know, like, that that that's one aspect and one angle on it. And then I think other people would, like, counter and say, well, you know, he was also, like you know, earning the league, all these millions of millions and millions of dollars in corporate sponsors. Right. And it's well, like, the, how, how racist could he be if he was like lining the pockets of these African-American players with like, right, right. money? And, and the, and the context there is that when he took over in 84, he was taking over, um, a league that was really struggling, um, and struggling in large part because of the fact that it couldn't really, attract enough advertise advertisement um because it was a still a a very like kind of quote-unquote yep. urban product like yep. it wasn't it didn't have the yeah. crossover mainstream appeal into I mean, white america also like the the league had a huge cocaine problem like there, there oh were, yeah there were i mean yeah the 80s were a mess yeah early yeah. 80s yeah late 70s especially were like the yep. dark days of the nba yep. and stern was around for that he was like what the league lawyer attorney something like yep. that um uh going back into the 70s with the aba nba merger um and then was second in command to um um Larry fuck, who's the yeah larry o'brien uh lob um and um so when he took it over like his really his main kind of uh uh like st- strategy like overarching strategy was to try to create a product that would appeal to more white people frankly and like um and create a a product that was that was that could go like you know, more mainstream, you know, attract to attract advertising dollars and, and TV sponsorships, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, and, uh, and broadcasting deals where he could say like, no, 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 look, this is something that like is not just going to be confined to a small segment of the population. It's something that's going to yeah. appeal 
Um, so the dress code was just sort of an extension of that. And like he, he had ex- succeeded wildly, you know, throughout the nineties w- uh, with that strategy. And then when he saw it sort of beginning to erode in the early two thousands, um, thanks to Iverson, um, he, uh, he was, he, he felt like he had to like claw back what he had, you know, what he had earned, what he had spent his entire, uh, uh, tenure as commissioner, um, kind of building. Yep. He was, he suddenly saw that, um, it was you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was, uh, I will say t- to his credit, um, the, the policy itself was dog shit, but he did, um, he, I feel like he was fl- at least flexible enough to kind of allow it to, I forget exactly. Like, I don't know if the rules changed or it was just the, um, I just don't think it was enforced. The, yeah. the enforcement changed, which was like his decision. Like he could have been totally. a stickler about it. Um, you know, through and through. And I think like to this day, there is still technically a dress code, but just no one really no you one know, pays attention to it. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, he did like, w- was able to, you know, a couple of years in, he was at least able to see like, okay, this may have been an overreach. Okay, I can kind of like ease up on this, which was like very unlike him uh, to, to sort of, you know, recognize a, an error in any way. And obviously oh. he didn't like come out and, and say anything or announce anything, but he just kind of like, you know, loosely behind the scenes, like stopped enforcing it. Um, which, you know, hey. Overreach, you mean like uh, overreaching as in suspending Patrick Ewing, even though he never left the bench <laughs> and never joined that. Well, that was one thing he, that was one thing he never he fucking budged was on. was <laughs> just a few feet off the bench, Ben. He never literally two, two steps court. across the, the, the fucking um, boundary line. Yeah. The league states um, that no player shall leave the bench area during an altercation. Listen, listen, without rules, there's chaos. We don't want, we don't want uh, to go back to the dark days of just, you know, bloodshed all over the, you know, just, uh, manslaughter in in every single uh, game every night at least one player was getting um horribly injured or killed uh through through fist fights so you know yeah i mean again stern is responsible for you know uh the frankly like the globalization of the nba you know like he guided the nba into i think they now have 12 uh, offices in cities around the United States. They have that the, the the league is broadcast in over 200 territories, 40 languages. He mm. was responsible for the creation of the WNBA, the NBA G League. Um, they launched NBA.com, uh, NBA League Pass, NBA TV. He he established the league's uh, social responsibility program with. I NBA mean, NBA, Cares. NBA TV. You got to give it up. Yeah. What what an incredible what, 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 a, what a world without NBA, NBA TV. I really just don't want to live in. I can't I cannot exactly. imagine. I mean, um, yeah, you know, for that alone, that put that on on his headstone. Sure. NBA TV creator. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, I mean, you know, when we when we're talking about like the pros and the cons that we talked about the dress code. The other thing for me, and we discussed it a bunch when we did the podcast, was the Supersonics. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that was actually maybe his greatest crime. I, I mean... I don't think there's any doubt. Jesus Christ. Like, I don't think there's yeah. any doubt. And I talked about, yeah. like, twisting the knife. I mean, this is, like, truly the thing he, like twisted the knife with the most yeah that really was his PhD resistance it was like that 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 was man? where his pure greed and cronyism and capitalism no, was dude, just it, on it, it, the it fullest goes, display it goes beyond I, I really think it goes beyond like greed and cronyism it's like it was just petty because yeah. like he was gonna get like what whatever right it's i like, think he actually it, it's a it's a multi-billion dollar league like you were gonna get the money one way or the other whether it was from yeah. like a local government or from a corporate sponsor or from a fucking billionaire like when 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 david stern allowed the seattle supersonics to be sold to clay bennett and moved to oklahoma city like he truly abandoned that area of the country i mean stern 
you know, like Stern has really truly been regarded as like, you know, public enemy number one in the Pacific Northwest and Seattle since yeah. the departure of the C- Seattle Supersonics in 2008. I, I mean, he and, he and Howard Schultz are, are yeah. by far the, the two men most responsible yeah. for uh, that, that atrocity occurring. We, uh, I mean, we both watched the uh, Supersonics documentary, um, the incredible Supersonics documentary, but there, there was a scene. Sonic Skate. Yeah, Sonic Skate. Yeah. Of course, there was a scene in there where they recount like Stern joining Howard Schultz in what was it in uh, 2006 maybe when he still owned the team he went to, they went together to the House of Representatives in the state of Washington to lobby for money to repair Kiarina where and and uh, and they were promptly dismissed you know the Speaker of the House um, just kind of you know shot them down and it it, it was like you know Stern took it so personally that the local government in Olympia wouldn't like help out the team. Like it became his personal quest to let them walk. And, yeah. um, you know, I, yeah, to let them walk and then to like basically insult them on their way out. Like yeah. he was like, he was like making an example. He was like yes. purely just flexing his power and anyone who was opposing him in any way, he was like, I, I'm going to do this because I have the power to do it. And, yeah. but instead of just like trying to do it quietly and like, yeah. um, you know, have some sort of decorum uh, in this process. Like, I'm gonna like pull my dick out and like and like yeah. slap you in the face with it, like while I'm doing it. it so was this guy named Frank Chop, who is the Speaker of the House for the Washington uh, State of Washington <laughs> House of Representatives. Yeah, and getting getting deep into our David Stern uh, <laughs> uh, more uh, in memoriam here, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> busting at the names of yeah. <laughs> fucking local politicians in the state of Washington. What, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but yeah. so I guess like t- to his dying day, like. <laughs> Stern regarded it as like this thing like he just like had such a grudge to the point where I think in 2013 there was a moment where it looked like the Sacramento Kings might be willing to relocate to Seattle and Stern just like just cut it down at, at its knees. Yeah. He went to the board of governors meetings and like convinced all these owners that it was a bad idea. I just, I just realized the, the silver lining to his death uh, might be that finally maybe he there, there, there was like some sort of like uh, you know, like fucking weird dark room uh, deal made uh, where like in while he was still living, yeah. uh, a, a franchise could never exist in Seattle ever again. Right. And now that he's dead, maybe uh, maybe maybe that was the final sure. final step that we needed. <laughs> sure, sure. Like they'll name the arena after him or something. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dark. shit. Really stern stern arena stern center, yeah. oh fuck the sonics if you ever go back to, to seattle please please yeah. name your arena the stern arena yeah oh yeah. that would be awesome yeah. <laughs> well r.i.p david stern you yep, are uh, man you are you are like a legend man and uh he really was you'll he be was missed, man you'll be yeah you'll be missed we know you're listening to the pod up up and up in uh, heaven so uh r.i.p yep. our thoughts are certainly with the uh, stern family Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Helix Sleep. There's nobody on the planet like you, so why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So if you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, if you like a plush bed, firm bed, whatever it is, there's no more confusion or compromising. Helix was even awarded the number one best overall mattress of 2019, that's last year, by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash on the line, take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. That's pretty steep uh, promise there, 
guys. Uh, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners right now at helixsleep.com slash on the line. That's helixsleep.com slash on the line for up to $200 off your next mattress order. Do it, Helix Sleep. Now back to the show. Ben, do you know who has the highest field goal percentage in the NBA right now? Yes, I do, Chris. One guy um, in the league is converting buckets at a clip of he came 70.7%. Out, yeah, you don't need to tell me the name because I already know it. And the reason I know it is because he wasn't even in the top five as of a few days ago because I was looking up the stats of uh, one of my fantasy players named Brandon Clark, mm. who was, uh, who was number player. four. Yeah, yeah great, great young, young prospect. He's a rookie on Memphis rookie. Uh, that I rec- recently acquired you know, for my team. Where was he drafted? Second round? First round? Uh, no, he was like mm, mid first. I want to say mid mid to late first. What a pick, man! He's playing great. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's like blowing the doors off of like a lot of the top like five top ten guys. Um, but um, but yeah, he was fourth in the league in field goal percentage as of a couple of days ago. But he was uh, recently eclipsed um, by a one Mitchell oh, Robinson. Baby. Um, yeah wow so ben the next when you go yep. when you go 11 for 11 from the field that is going to help your percentages just incredible incredible the yeah other night. dude uh i want to talk about the knicks for a second because uh why the hell not um, let's do it yeah let's talk mitch let's talk frank and let's talk coach killer mike and coach the of the killer year, coach of the year odds um listen the knicks have held their can opponents. we can we send can we send killer mike to iran at uh, this point do we <laughs> is that is that is that maybe a secret weapon that we have in our back pocket just saying i don't think we. Can i know i know things are looking dark but a little you know there's a little security blanket uh that, that <laughs> i feel sure, i'm sure the killer is chomping at the pit to get yeah. over there but we need you here stateside killer mike Okay. Um, it, once you finish up your campaign in New York, we might have a a, a new mission for you, Killer. That's right. That's right. Uh, ben, the Knicks have uh, in the last three games, the Knicks have held their opponents to under forty percent shooting from the floor. Uh, recently, when they beat Portland, they held them to thirty nine percent. And uh, I mean, that's historic. That's that's historic like the greatest stuff, defense man. of all yeah. time, right? This is a like if that. Let's of, say uh, let's say that continues for an entire season. That would go down as I think the, the best defense in history ever. Yeah, uh, courtesy of Knicks Film School, according to Basketball Reference, it's the first time the Knicks have held their opponents uh, under forty percent um, since uh, over a three game span since, uh, 2013, 14. And it's only the second time since the February of, uh, since February of 2004. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the killer has been great, man. Mike Miller, he simplified the defensive scheme. Uh, and you know, like the, the Knicks are just like walling off the, the paint, you know, there are Mm. only a few teams in the, in the league that are playing, uh, any better defense at the rim. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, under Mike Miller, only three teams in the NBA are giving up fewer looks at the rim than the Knicks and under David Fisdale, they were ranked 21st. So already it's been a quick change and the team looks just inspired, man. It was really fun to see them beat up on the trailblazers the other night. The Frank to Mitch connection is real. It's exciting. Uh, it's just, it's, it's fun, man. It's fun to see the guys having a good time out there smiling. They're laughing and, uh, I don't know, man, break up the Knicks. They look great. <laughs> I'm like curious. I'm a little curious, like how much of the uh, of this mm-hmm. is um, like 
sincere buy-in from you and how much is just kind of like you know we're 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 playing our little Knicks game here that we like to do oh, no. on the pod. I am totally sincere. <laughs> You're fully really. I'm totally sincere. I love the Knicks. They're so fun. Um I can't w- yeah, like did I mean uh there's just so many fun there's so many fun things to talk about. They brought Reggie uh, uh Reggie Everyone calls him Reggie Bullock, but according to Mike Breen in the media guide pronunciation, we should be pronouncing his name Reggie Bullock. Bullock, Bullock. really? Yes. Hmm. Uh, he came back the other night, looked great. Um, I've always liked him. I've yeah, always liked Bullock. Of course. Um, of course. So, yeah. man, I don't know. They look ex- they look exciting. Mitch was 11 for 11 the other game uh, against the Trailblazers. I'm just, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm looking for reasons to be optimistic. And All right. Yeah. Do you honestly think they could make a playoff run? Do I think? <laughs> Serious question. Uh, do I think they can make a playoff? Okay. Let me a- answer your serious question with another somewhat serious question. If they, now they are currently 10 and 24, right. they are if the, make, if the Knicks make the playoffs, if the Knicks mm-hmm. make the playoffs, um, if the Knicks make the playoffs, then Mike Miller is the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the Knicks make the playoffs and the Nets miss the playoffs, I mean, Steve Mills has got to be executive of the year, right? Like, where does that put him in this conversation? Um, yeah, I know. I don't think they can make the playoffs. Absolutely. Let me, you don't. No, no, okay. No. Let me tell you the, the teams there, the Knicks are 14th out of 15 teams in the East. Um, they are exactly five games behind the Orlando Magic, who are the eighth seed. Five. Yes. Yeah, I know. You realize that there are 50 games, what, uh, something like that, remaining in the season? Yeah, man. Over it's 50? Like, it's very possible that the Knicks could be like the eighth <laughs> the seed. The Orlando Magic, who just lost their best player, I would say, maybe tied for best player, yeah. uh, Jonathan Isaac, um, probably until uh, late March, could be long, you know, mid, mid to late March, possibly longer. Um, then the, the teams below the Magic are the Charlotte Hornets, dog shit, the Chicago Bulls, dog shit, the Detroit Pistons, worse than dog shit, mm. the Washington Wizards, really fun dog fun. shit, Cleveland Cavaliers, extremely sad, depressing, dark dog shit, yeah, and then the Knicks. So tell me, like, which team? If 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 I the mean, Magic, how fun would it be if the Wizards and the Knicks made the playoffs? Like, should, if the, should yeah. we all be rooting for that? I, I, uh, it, yeah, I, it would be, I, it's debatable, but like, <laughs> um, it would be hilarious if the, if the Wizards yeah. and the Knicks made the playoffs. I want to see Davis Bertans yes. versus Giannis Antetokounmpo in the first round of the playoffs. I want to see, yes. I want to see Frank, uh, trying to guard Ben Simmons. Yes. I want to see, yeah, I want to see all that stuff. Give, um, me, give me Dennis Smith Jr. guarding Jason Tatum for 12 solid minutes. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, they've won. The Knicks have won three games in a row. Yeah. To be clear here, uh, to everyone listening, I think the Knicks are an absolutely terrible, yes. terrible team, yeah. and they will not make the playoffs. Um, but when you actually look at the teams that are it's between crazy. them and the eighth seed, um, and the eighth seed, I mean, I think the Nets are are going to make it. I think they're like too good. And if Kyrie ever decides to, that he wants to play basketball again, they're they're, they're going to sneak in. Um, and every other team is, yeah. is locked in. Pacers yes. on up to. Uh, to the Bucks, but but like every other team, the, yeah, I mean, the, dude, the cat, like all these teams are all like already being like, okay, we need to true. start selling parts and like figuring out what we're gonna do here. Like, very true. Uh, 
But I will say I this, know. man. It's really interesting. Like, all joking aside, the East is pretty top-heavy. Like, like mm-hmm. teams one through six are very oh, yeah. good. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, how good are the Pacers? You know what I mean? Yeah, the Pacers are nasty. How good are the Heat? How good are the Raptors? Like, these teams are really, really loaded. And then, yeah. and then interestingly, like, teams seven through 12... 12 14 are all kind of like in this like hodgepodge of mediocrity and um yeah i mean yeah hodgepodge of mediocrity slash extreme badness extreme Um, badness yeah it's it's but like like, but like actually like through within four games of each other totally which is the crazy thing it's all like uh yeah it's all like a gradient of like being awful slash developing players slash having awful contracts slash being totally mismanaged. Yeah. Slash, Injury you know, plagues, t- horrible, it's horrible just, coaching in front just, office. Yes. Yes. It's just like no a, good players. Do a stew <laughs> of mediocrity. Yeah. Totally. Uh, like it extremely like just critically uh, like, like grievous shortcomings with each one of these teams. Yeah, man. But it's, it is wild that, that the nets are frankly in that conversation. Now, if Kyrie ever returns, it's a totally different story, but until he does, I mean, even even without him, they're I think they're going to be in the playoffs. Like they they're, should be. you know, yeah, they should yeah. be, they should be. And you know, Spencer Dinwiddie has been playing out of his mind. Karis Levert's coming back, so I think the Nets are going to be fine. But... Oh right, Levert just came back, didn't? Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Or he's coming back tonight or something. Yeah. I think he comes back tonight. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So... That team is is going to be fine. The Nets will uh... be fine. The Nets will be fine. But um, but it, I, just my I think my point here is like the top. You know, the top two thirds of the Eastern Conference is very good and very competitive. And then it just completely drops off. And the Knicks are part of the uh, <laughs> the part part of the area where the uh, the conference. Yeah, comes off. and you realize like, well, there's eight spots. Like someone's got to take someone's that last spot. <laughs> so they, can, clear, they can't I, have seven I playoff teams. I don't think it will be the Knicks, but it is very <laughs> exciting when uh, you know your star rookie, uh, n- not rookie, but when your star uh, uh, center backup center goes eleven for eleven. Uh, over 27 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing about Killer Mike is Mitch is still the backup center. It will, like, what, what are we doing? What is, when is that going to, like, you come know, on. Taj Gibson has earned that spot. I mean, listen, Taj is a soldier. He comes to games wearing fatigues <laughs> in right. a hard metal helmet. That's right. Um, he cleans his gun uh, at, at, during every <laughs> single timeout. Um, He's, you know, listen, he's, he's, he's a real warrior. <laughs> it's um, true. It's true. Don't get me wrong. He's got grit and guts. Um, and, uh, he's, uh, killed se- several men with his bare hands, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I think Mitch Robinson might be, might be better than him. I don't Special know. player, man. I think, um, you know, they always say like the second half of your second season is kind of when a lot of the, you, you see like a spike in terms of growth. And I'm, I'm just really excited for the Knicks to basically clear house and to yeah. uh, to allow the young guys to play specifically Mitch um, by clear house now you don't mean trade Marcus Morris because no, um, the, is, everything everything would want would unravel without him we can't we can't our, lose our star our he's captain our star our future our destiny um, but yeah hey Ben on the other side of the coin the Western Conference is there anything interesting you want to talk about I mean I have a question for you how are the Trailblazers this bad. I mean, they are. Yeah, that's a pretty good question. I guess bad. I mean, the trail having the trailblazers having two good play, players and that's literally it is uh, not a recipe for yeah. If the playoffs success. begin, but today, even then, the trailblazers miss the playoffs and the Oklahoma City Thunder make the playoffs, and the fucking Spurs somehow make the playoffs yep. too, which is 
shocking that doesn't make any sense yeah i mean it obviously makes sense because they always do I but mean, this, they're fucking 14 to 19 right now they're, they're a not, sub 500 team yeah as, as, like well as below the 500 as are the Suns, as are as are the timberwolves but yeah hey how about those carl anthony towns uh rumors i don't know if you got those down in the bahamas yeah did you hear any of that yeah stuff? yeah i did i did hear a little something about that it is um, pretty funny i like i should couch and i should couch this and say like by Carl Anthony Towns trade rumors, we're talking about people speculating that if Carl Anthony Towns ever became disgruntled, here are the places he, you you could maybe trade him, which is kind of well, like so a stretch. Was it? I'm trying to figure out how the how that actually. What, what was the the, the provenance so of that? Was it, dude? It's, I think it was it was Ethan Strauss, right? Ethan that like Strauss. initially re- reported something. And yeah, then he like quote unquote rep- got aggregated, but it was like there's nothing he, to he basically he was just like, hey, you know, if Carl Anthony Towns ever becomes disgruntled and wants to leave Minnesota, you know, the Warriors would be a good landing spot, or the Knicks would be a good landing spot, right. or this would be a good land. It's like, well, you're just talking about a completely hypothetical thing. It's not like he's yeah. ever said, like, which is something that like people do in totally. in the media, like they talk Absolutely. about like potential future scenarios Absolutely. and like people write posts <laughs> where they speculate on or not even speculate. They just kind of fantasize, you know. Like we all yeah. do it. That's what we're we do it on this podcast all the time. So that's totally fine. But like, and listen, to... we don't like getting aggregated. No. Let me let's make that very clear. No. If there are any aggregators out there listening, turn you it off right now. Full aggregators. If you take a no. single fucking word that i say <laughs> and you put it in some kind of blog quote-unquote blog post oh or gosh. they have or article for your Ugh. for your debt for your dot com publication Despicable, you aggregators yeah you'll be you'll be hearing from my attorney you'll be hearing from me yes. um yeah aggregation do it, is the it's the lowest form of human activity yes. um worse than hate crimes oh my gosh um, it's terrible do not do not aggregate me so or chris bad. it is so bad but uh, yeah, yeah um, Carl Anthony Towns. All of a sudden, we're hearing his name floated uh, as maybe someone we're going to keep an eye on in the next year or so. If he ever becomes disgruntled, certainly would be an interesting player if uh, he were to ever demand a trade. I mean, would would you want him on the Knicks? Would I want him on? If <laughs> if, it, if 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 they oh, were like, all right, all right, listen, we'll shove. give you sure, we'll give, we'll give you no, no, no. If it was like, we'll give you Cat for, I mean, listen, it's it, it, it would have to be like, we'll give you Cat for like. Mitch RJ and a pick, or like two picks. Mitch, would you do Mitch RJ and two picks? Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, as long as I know what the uh, remind me of what his contract status is and like uh, convince. Well, he me. just signed. He's on. He's in year one yeah. of a five-year deal. So like, which he's I under contract for like max, four right? or five more years. He's what yeah. like 24, 23? Um, uh, let's see right now. Uh, I would guess he's 23 years old, uh, locked up for the next five he's years. 20, he's 24. He's just 20, turned 24 in November. 24, locked up for the next five years. As long as I'm not in salary cap hell and I do have some other draft picks available to me, sure. I mean, you're going to have to give up things of value. Ultimately, what those are the two late uh, Dallas picks. Looks like Dallas is going to be a pretty good playoff team for the next few years here. Those aren't going to be super high lottery picks sure yeah. if i'm if, i mean if, it might be like an un, unrestricted first from the knicks sure you know, if, like probably if you're asking me to give up uh you know i love mitch i love mitch and part of what of makes mitch, mitch so valuable is his contract right yeah um yeah. 
and our, I think RJ's future is bright, but Carl Anthony Towns could be one of the most like lethal offensive players in the NBA. So yeah, yeah of course I would do that. But I don't think right. I don't even think it's on the table. So it's it's probably not. Yeah. I was just trying to get get your temperature. I I don't know if I if I like him that much. I don't I, I like I love him, but I don't know if I. I, I sort of see him as like that classic Knicks player where you're like, holy shit, the Knicks got cat. Like a lot like, holy shit, the yeah. Knicks got Stefan Marbury. We it's like mellow. Yeah. I would I it mean, never, it's the I don't, wouldn't, would it matter? I don't think it would. I think it's the um, same problem all over again, but I just think if there's a, if there's a, a path for them putting an ensemble around towns, then sure. I mean, you have to take a stab at that, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't even think it's like an honest conversation. So what, yeah. what, what the hell? Um, That's right. So don't, so don't aggregate us, please. please. We're do just, not we are this. just speculating. We don't even think this is going to happen for real. So keep your, keep your, keep our names out of, out of your blog posts. Out of your please. blogs. Ben, uh, before we go, I actually wanted to give you a little bit of a homework assignment. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. You're getting, like you're it. getting some homework. So I want you to get you, All right. get your pad get your pencil and I'm going to have you write down your homework. I've got my, I've got my Lisa Frank folder here. I've got my trapper keeper. I have a uh, neon blue uh, erasable pencil. I'm going to be checking on you and making sure that you do your homework. I'm going to check on the next podcast that you've done your homework. Um, Yeah. Much in the uh, vein of the conversation we were just having about towns, Ben, the NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February Mm. 6th. The cutoff point is at 3 p.m. Thursday, February 6th, so about a month away. Uh, Mm -hmm. We will have roughly, I don't know, three, four, five podcasts between now and then. So here's what I want us to do. (laughs) Are you going to be subjecting me to to a trade machine podcast? Is that what we're going to be doing? Here's what I want us to do in the coming weeks. We are going to (laughs) be... Pitching each other trade candidates for NBA (laughs) contenders, NBA playoff contenders, right? Uh, My least favorite game. I'm less interested in the blockbusters, Ben. (laughs) Mostly, I just want to focus on getting us some role players. As long as the salaries match, (laughs) we're we're good here. Let's let's bust out our calculators. Oh, God damn it. You nerds, you're getting some some trade ideas. You're getting some trade suggestions. Um, I want to know where Luke Kennard's being traded. I want to know where Evan Ugh. Fournier is being traded. Who the fuck cares? Got to make sure those salaries match up, baby. No, nope. really? No. Um, okay, then we Ugh. then we won't do it. You don't have any help. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do. Yeah, of course we'll do it. Come on, we're a basketball podcast. We can't have a fucking. We can't. We can't let the trade deadline come and go without a a trade machine fake trades podcast. <laughs> Got to do that. Well, it's Come not. Now. It's not going to be. Um, well, yes, we'll <laughs> we'll do a full, <laughs> we'll do a full episode on. Um, just, I would love like two or three actually. While while we're we'll, at it, let's, we'll do let's a just full go, episode. We should do a full month of trade trades. machine. Well, that's the idea. Is that we're we're going to be devoting a segment. We'll just every we'll just episode fucking... between now and February sixth, where we pitch three point shooters to each other that could maybe get some minutes on the jazz, get some minutes on the Clippers, maybe get me a a backup point guard that can play minutes for the Raptors. Find Mm -hmm. me someone that can sit in the corner and shoot free and shoot threes for the 76ers. You know, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds great. I'm all, uh, yeah, I'll get on that. Ben, that's your homework assignment. 
Uh, All right. I don't. I don't want any. I don't want any flack. <laughs> any complaining? Nope. You got to do your no homework. No whining. No no grumbling under no the breath. No whining. You have to do your homework. You have to eat your vegetables. Then we've got to hand it in on time. And if you don't, you're going to bed early. You understand? Oh boy. Yeah. Oh shh. Yep, All yep, right. yep, yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, well, wait. What about? I think before before the trade deadline even comes, mm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're gonna have some uh, some all star voting oh. uh, taking place here, Chris. I feel like we need to have maybe my, maybe my homework assignment to you, okay, great. Chris, yep. is that we? I don't know if we'll do this next episode okay. or maybe two episodes from now, but I think we have to. Um, you know, obviously, we we both uh, we we will both be able to cast ballots um, uh, for the uh, for the All Stars this year yep. um, as uh, members of uh, the NBA media. Um, yep. Which is what so we I are. think we should probably announce to our listeners live on the air uh, some of our some of our All Star voting oh, wow. results, personal All Star votes. What do you think wow. about that? I love that. So this is the OTL All Stars. Is that correct? Yeah. OTL All Stars, not to be confused with OTL All <laughs> All, all OTL. OTL. Right. Yes, wow. OTL All Star, All OTL, very different things. Fantastic. Um, and then, of but course, not to, <laughs> not to say that a little All OTL flavor can't maybe trickle into our OTL All Star voting considerations. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said, but I generally get the idea. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so uh, we should also <laughs> we should also float that you know as we approach the midpoint Ben of mm. the season we're gonna mm-hmm. want to do the OTL um, uh, awards we're gonna want to awards do, of course we're it's gonna want to do season. the uh, midpoint <laughs> all OTL awards so yeah yeah we've got our all star voting MVP, our all OTL and OTL our sixth, awards OTL sixth man OTL coach of the year all yep. all the many OTL OTL most intriguing that's OTL right. least intriguing that's right. OTL best hair that's right OTL worst hair that's right. Uh, best goatee, all those, all those categories. Yeah. Um, we'll be, we'll, wow. we'll probably have a good twenty to thirty categories to run through. So that might be a long yeah. one, folks. Yeah, maybe we should start working on that Google Doc, coming up with all the various yeah. awards and categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good like, idea. Yeah, good we're idea. gonna have all OTL best narrative, narrative of the year. Uh, right. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to do the other homework assignment though if I'm working on <laughs> okay. that at the same time. Wow. Just so, so you, you know, just finagled your way out of your. I first just want to know. Just assignment. you know, let me know how to how to prioritize. You know, there's this is a lot on my mm. plate. Um, you know, I'm only okay. All right. You know what we'll do? We'll move <laughs> forward. Fine, Ben. We'll we'll move forward with our OTL all-star balloting um, uh-huh. and is it do you want to do a series of nominees where we both vote on it or is it uh, you like do you want to do the east and I'll do the west or something like that or hmm. how, do, how do we want to do this I don't know I, mean, I was thinking we would just present our our two rosters to each other oh great but, perfect yeah uh, I don't know we could we yeah. could also do it like a like a draft style we could do voting no I, uh, hmm. <laughs> voting would uh I like it would only be two votes right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know how voting would really work okay great why don't we go why don't we go um we'll we'll do a roster reveal so we'll go okay. like We'll have a roster reveal party. Exactly. Roster reveal party. So it's like my center for the East is so-and-so. My center for the West yeah. is so-and-so. And then we'll see how we match up. Yeah. Yeah. Roster reveal. Yeah. So we'll each do our own our own rosters, our own voting privately, individually. 
And then we'll see how much uh, you know how much overlap. And we, we'll we have. do our trade machine. And then we can argue about it. And then oh we'll yeah, do our trade, trade machine. machine homework assignment. We'll have to earmark that for a couple weeks from now. But you're not getting mm. out of that homework assignment, Ben. You will have oh, a homework assignment. February sixth. Is that what you said? February sixth is the trade deadline. Yeah. Jesus, that's coming up quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right around the corner. Wow. All right. All right, man. Um, have a great week. Enjoy watching League Pass. Thank you, Commissioner Stern, for giving us League Pass. Enjoy watching That's cable right. television, basketball, and cable TV, which we know that you do. Curious to see how the NBA season unfolds here in 2020, and I will uh, talk to you in a little bit. All right. I don't know if I said it to you, Chris, but uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. I'll talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. My pleasure as always. All right, guys, that was a fun one. Hope you enjoyed it. My name's Chris Mundelk, and this is On The Line. You can tweet at us at onthelinepod. underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Enjoy it. Um, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week.